Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell, here to recap the Thunder's 102-89 loss to the Houston Rockets on Monday night at Toyota Center in what was most definitely not the biggest sports story of the day here in Oklahoma. Barry, are you are you excited to talk about Thunder basketball, or do you feel like I'm just distracting you from the bigger story at play here with OU and OSU? OU specifically, the coaching search, but also OSU's about to play a Big 12 title game. Um, before the game, I was looking forward to talking Thunder basketball. After that game, <laughs> uh, not so much. <laughs> It was one of the worst games in the 13-year history of the Thunder, or whatever it was, is it 10 times? Maybe it's 14 I'm years. Almost, anyway. I'm almost positive you said this after the first game at Houston when the Thunder lost like 107-86. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to pull up the audio. I think you've hated both of these at Houston games. I don't know what was going on tonight, but nobody could do anything. I, I was stunned. You know, the Thunder broadcast does not do a good job with updating you on stats when the games are going on. And I watch most of them delayed on tape, so I don't have – I'm not watching live stats. I was stunned when I saw SGA actually had a pretty decent game, 20 points, 9 of 20 shooting, that kind of thing. I mean, it looked to me like everybody was playing terrible. Um, they were 2 of 21 from 3 in the first half. Well, they didn't get a whole lot. Yeah. 7 of 41, and they – Seven of forty-three. They were missing bad. They shot sixteen yeah, percent, and they were sh- missing badly. Dort was, you know, throwing shots all over the place, and yeah, I just thought it was a miserable exhibition of basketball. Giddy couldn't hit anything. Still stuffed the stat sheet, by the way, but um, I just thought it was bad basketball. And, yeah, the, these you know the Rockets were out there screwing around too, and had a had a fraudulent triple double. Um, that, that's so, that's got to be one of the worst uh, triple that doubles ever. That was flagrant. <laughs> it, it literally and not, well, actually, not that you mentioned it, because it was was it eleven ten eleven? Is that 11, what it was? 10, 11, or, yeah, yeah. And and the ten was fraudulent, so it literally very well could have been the worst triple double. And of it all also time. came on four of seventeen shooting. Oh boy, oh boy! <laughs> In case you didn't know what we're talking about. In the last minute or two, Thunder misses a shot, and the ball just sort of bounces around in two rockets. One of them was Christian Wood, I think. I can't remember. But neither one of them picked it up. They just sort of let it bounce and made sure it didn't go out of bounds, or I guess they didn't care if it did. But they just – the Thunder ran back down court because it was so obvious rockets were getting the ball, and they just let the ball just stand there and bounce and – hollered for Kevin Porter Jr. to come back and pick it up. So he ran about 30 feet, comes and picks up the ball, and everybody goes crazy. They get It was his 10th rebound. So it was, it was basically – it was bogus. Well, the only one I remember worse is Anthony Bowie back in the 90s. I know you guy from Tulsa East Central and Seminole State. He got a, a little playing time with the Orlando Magic and had some success. 
and he was a rebound shy of a triple-double. And um, on a breakaway or something in the last minute, he missed his own – he missed a shot on purpose so he could get his own rebound and get to 10 rebounds. So that was bogus also. Yeah. Um, so, but the, tonight, that was a fitting end to that to that masquerade of a basketball game. Um, so, but, but you know what? The good news is the Thunder lost to a team that's it's chasing in the standings. So, that's good. Man, and it's, I realized it's un- nobody had what I just said made no sense, but it's true. Yeah, just because it doesn't make sense doesn't mean it's not true. Well, the good news for the Thunder is the Rockets have won three straight games, and the Thunder has lost six straight games. So. It's it's and it's I have, incredible th- this, that Rockets team can go on a three-game winning streak. This is where I stand and salute my good friend uh, St. Joe Masato. He told us a couple weeks ago when the Thunder was riding high and threatening to win the West. He said they're still not very good. They're still going to be down in the you know the tank job is is going fine. They're going to they're not winning big. And sure enough, here just a few days later, you're exactly right. The, the, the lottery balls uh, are, are not dwindling for the Thunder. They're gaining. They're gaining. Well, here's a good way to assess the Thunder right now. They had the 30th ranked offense in the NBA before tonight. So uh, look at those. Look at what those numbers are going to look like after this game. I mean, the offense is just not very good. Um, th- these these starters. So outside of SGA, Dort was 3 of 10, 1 of 6 from 3. Baisley, 0 of 5, 0 of 4 from 3. Robinson Earl, 1 of 6, 0 of 4 from 3. Giddy, 1 of 9, 0 of 5 from 3. Outside of SGA, the Thunder starters were 1 of 19 from 3. Um, and, yeah, it's it's bad. I, Barry, we haven't we, – we've – I don't think we've talked about this. Maybe we have. But Darius Baisley is in – some kind of struggle. I mean, he is just can't make anything offensively. Um, it seems like his confidence is totally shot. I asked Mark Dagnalt on Saturday if he's considered a change in the starting lineup. He said no because his defense has still been good, and also Kenrich Williams being hurt sort of hurts their depth, and he Kenrich would be one possibility to start at that four. Um, I think Isaiah Roby tonight made made a case that maybe he deserves more playing time, but what have you, what have you seen from Baisley, and do you have any hope that he can sort of turn things around and like make us think that he could have a future in Oklahoma City? I'm not totally writing him off because I do think he's. His rim protection has been very good this year. That, that's a new element. That's something I didn't really notice in years past. Um, so that's something he can build on. But, man, that offense just seems to get worse and worse. Um, the ball handling is abysmal. The shooting is no good. He's not. He doesn't move it you know, well. No. Remember when, when he first got here, he was sort of billed as maybe a, a good passer. Yeah. And – that really hasn't happened. So I'm pretty pessimistic. Um, he's still got, you know, he's, they picked up the option for next season. So, I mean, I think he'll be around. I don't think they can trade him. But I don't – I doubt he's here a year after next. Mm-hmm. And I do too. You know, I'm just I'm, – and I'm just da- – I'm, 
I just I don't know that he's going to make it as an NBA player. I hate to say that about a guy, but I just think it's sort of true. Yeah, I, I think I've also reached that point w- with him. Um, on, on the other side of things, Isaiah Roby, who, you know, I, I think I was probably irrationally high on last season. I mean, just guys who maybe didn't deserve big minutes were put in bigger roles last year just with the shape of the roster. And Isaiah Roby was one of them. He played 61 games. He made 34 starts. He was averaging north of 20 minutes a game. And this year, um, he's sort of been the forgotten man. I I think I picked him to lead the team in rebounds, which is laughable at this point because um, he's not going to do that. I can can already tell you with um, almost 100% certainty. But now with Kenrich Williams out, Kenrich Williams is dealing with a pretty severe ankle sprain. He's going to miss at least the next two to three games um, and not super op- optimistic he'll be available um, You know, once those are done. But Roby slides in, and tonight, Barry, 8 of 10, he scores a, a season-high 17 points. Um, and you can – like, the Thunder's high on Roby. Like, well, they have been – at least in the offseason. This season sort of changed my mind on, on maybe how they view him. But theoretically, they view him as a modern big man who can stretch the floor, take the ball up the floor. Um, and, you know, the, the defense is really where he lacks. And that's what Mark Dignall said today after the game. I asked him, what does Isaiah have to do to get back in the rotation? And he said rim protection and defending the pick and roll. So it has nothing to do with his offense and everything to do with his defense. But do you... Do you think he deserves another look or like steady minutes moving forward? It couldn't hurt. And I, you know, you mentioned it two or three minutes ago. I don't see how it could hurt giving him some, some of uh, Baisley's time. Because when we've seen Roby this year, it's primarily playing center, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I'd like to see him play some of the power forward, which he did. Correct me if I'm wrong. It seemed he played quite a bit last year. That yeah, he also played a lot so, of center last year, um, backing up Al Horford and, and starting once Horford was out. But yeah, and that's true. But I, but I like seeing maybe playing with uh, Muscala or with uh, Favors or, or Robinson or, Earl. Robinson yeah. Earl. Now they're built alike, so there's a you know there's sort of a mental block when two guys, especially the bigger you are, when two guys are built very similar. There's sort of an hesitancy by a coach, and frankly, for fans to even accept the guys playing together because you, when you look at them, you think, well, they got to do the same things, and that's not necessarily true with Robinson Earl and and um, Roby. Roby's, Roby's a lot more athletic. I mean, I, he made an excellent play. He went inside and got the shot blocked, I think Christian Wood, and he scoops the ball up, and there's two Rockets, Wood one of them, just double teaming right in the paint, and he he made two or three pump fakes, and then just went up and dunked from right there, which you very rarely see a guy who is not a dominant dominant big man able to dunk in a situation like that. When guys are double teaming you, you're sort of double teamed and you kick it out. But he went up and and was able to dunk with one hand. So he also had that play when Garrison Matthews tried to take the charge. He falls down, gets back up, and Roby finishes over him. Like he he made a couple yeah. nice plays at the rim. Yeah. So I mean, I'd like to see more of him. I don't see how it could hurt at all. Yeah, I, I think every time we 
talk about players. Like the offense is far more obvious. The production is more obvious than what they're doing defensively. Like we can see Isaiah Roby is a better offensive player, at least I think, than Darius Baisley. But Baisley's defense is, is quite a bit ahead of Roby's. And on a Thunder team that lacks rim protection, and you mentioned Baisley's gotten better at this, the Thunder is sort of opting for that defensive route. And I still think they probably think Baisley's ceiling is higher than Roby's. Um, but who knows? Both of them, neither of them, you know, are likely to have a long-term home with the Thunder, but one of them could still emerge. I mean, that spot is just wide open. Like, Poku's another guy that could fill that role, but, like, he didn't do – I mean – we, we talk about Poku enough. Uh, quite quite inconsistent. Um, Paul Watson made his Thunder debut tonight. Not only does he make his debut, he plays 20 minutes. Barry, he's a career 47% three-point shooter. And this is unlimited volume, 73 total attempts. But the guy can flat-out shoot it. I know watching guys at practice is no example um, to really, like, rely on. But you just watch him at the facility after practice, and it's just bang, 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 bang. Now, tonight, not so pretty. He was 0-4 from three. All four of his shots were from three, and he missed them all. He had six rebounds. Um, but I don't know. It, it's always fun to talk about the new guy, and Paul Watson's a, a guy we saw for the first time tonight. Yeah, I didn't see much out of him myself. <laughs> um. All right, and moving on. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like... And now that when you mentioned he's he's actually a really good shooter, um, I remember when you said that. I didn't remember it beforehand, but I remembered. Oh yeah, Joe's written about that back when they signed him and whatnot. But he sure didn't look like it tonight. Um, but something was in the water. Nobody was, nobody was. You know, you 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 know me enough through these podcasts that I like. Uh, good misses and I don't mean missing good shots I mean if you're going to take a shot and miss I'm okay with that but I like it to just hit the rim or <laughs> you know be a, just a little bit off when guys miss badly to me that's a flare yeah that's a that's a that's a that's an alarm that goes up in the sky you know, I saw the whole dang team missing badly. So something was in the water tonight. I don't know Th- what. This is not a good place to miss because it's one of the arenas that has that microphone attached to the backboard or rim or wherever it is, but it really amplifies the noise. And it's it's a thud if you miss. It's honestly better to airball because then you don't hear anything. So um, that's that's a little more comforting. But, yeah, Watson didn't do all that much tonight. Um I buried the lead. Trey Mann. Trey Mann did uh, – he had a really nice game, 5 of 12. Didn't shoot it great from three. But, Barry, I can tell you the thing you probably liked the most is that he got to the free throw line, um, 6 of 6 from the line. We, we always talk about his shot, but he's, you know, crafty enough to, to get in there. And I don't know. I, I, I like what I see from Trey Mann. It's in small doses, but I can – you can sort of see what he could become. Yeah, he's growing on me. He's growing on me. Um, I thought his uh, his mid range game is something he really likes and probably doesn't bother me too much right now. I would like to see him become more of a knockdown three point shooter, but you know he's got time. I'm not I'm not down on Trey Man. Um, he's going to have to get the ball. He's going to have to be tougher with the ball. Yeah. You know, speaking of that. I thought the whole team tonight, just not just the shooting, 
they got passes deflected yeah. and they got they got Ball, picked a, poked, poked away when they're dribbling. And, yeah, yeah, and, and we're talking about, I mean, we're talking about Giddy and and uh, and SGA and everybody tonight. They just just didn't seem like they were sort of with it tonight. And maybe you can't be every night, but they had the weekend off. Maybe maybe they were in some sort of bedlam slash Lincoln Riley haze. I don't know what's going on, but um, they, they didn't look like the same competitors that we've seen in recent weeks. You know, it's hard to remember NBA season is so dang long, but in the first two weeks or so, the Thunder seemed on a crash course for NBA history with biggest point differential because they were getting blown out so often. But recently, even when they lose, they're pretty competitive. Yeah. I didn't think they were competitive tonight. That's a terrible Houston team. They were down 20. They're down double digits good part of the night. End up losing 13 or whatever it was. I just I thought that was a pretty shoddy performance, even by this Thunder team standards. Yeah. I think Houston's going to finish with the worst record than the Thunder. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree with you. Um yeah, they're still in great shape to do that, and they seem to have, you know, they don't really, they don't really mask their intent as well as the, the Thunder. Yeah, they're, you know, the all, Thunder, they're they're dealing with the John Wall mess right now. The John Wall deal, and you know, the Thunder picked its spots with Al Horford and did that. They got Horford was it thirty five games in or thirty five games out? Anyway, Horford got in half a season before they shut him down. Um, and that was sort of a, a mutual agreement. This John Wall thing's gone sideways. It's 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 a mess. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if Silas Silas, the Rockets coach, he was hired to to coach a good team. He's James Harden was on the dang team, and again, and Westbrook, I guess, yeah, yeah, both of them were on the team. I think when when he was hired, and soon enough they weren't, and. Um, you've got a new, it's, it's you've a, got a new GM, it, and you've got yeah. an owner who's not the easiest to deal with. Right. So, the, so they're in a, they're in a little bit of a precarious, dysfunctional state, which the Thunder is not. Um, so they can sort of lose games without trying. Yeah. But they also, they also, are trying. Yeah. Um, and not real, real. Uh, cloudy ways. I mean, everybody can sort of see what they're doing. Yeah, saying all this, though, like, they still have at least, I won't say a bright future, it remains to be seen, but at least a promising future if, you know, Jalen Green hasn't hasn't been super impressive yet and he's hurt, um, but everyone, you know, likes his potential, obviously. That's why he's the number two pick in the draft. And then our our guy, Shangun. He had a he had a couple nice plays. He had a couple nice dunks, Barry. Just just sticking a knife in the heart of Oklahoma fans who are already reeling from Lincoln Riley. Yes, but he didn't he didn't look as accomplished as he did six weeks ago or five whenever that game was four weeks ago five weeks whatever it was. He didn't really you know early in the year when he played you couldn't take your eyes off of him and he seemed to be really stepping out and. Being an obvious steal, I didn't detect that tonight. Yeah. Watching no, I'm, him, I'm just, just sort of fun. He was just sort of a guy that was out there, and it was a to me it was an instructive lesson for everybody. You know, 
it seems pretty clear the rockets are sort of already just floating down the river waiting to reach the bank. And, you know, you you hate it when a team does that. Um, even when you want them to lose or need them to lose. And, and I hope the Thunder never gets to that level of, of uh, disinterest. But they were sort of there tonight. So I don't know what to make of that. I'm worried about SGA and his frustration level. It really hasn't bubbled up to the surface yet, but too much of, too much of that can get you. Barry, I've got a, a very random question for you. It's something I've never been able to get to the bottom of. I, I still don't understand it to this day. I didn't really understand it when it happened. Other than being a tradable contract, tell me, tell me why Gabriel Deck is a member of the Thunder. I think the Thunder is trying to keep a, a very heavy international percentage I think this is no offense to Gabriel Deck, by the way. He just like doesn't even play, <laughs> and he's twenty six, and yeah, he doesn't fit anything. He doesn't, it, it just doesn't make sense. Does he? Does he speak English? No. Can't even mentor the younger guys. He doesn't speak English. I mean, there's he's he. Lo- I don't know anything about the guy. He looks like one of those guys who you know smoke smoke cigarette at halftime. I don't know if that happens or not, but that's sort of the... It's your go-to thing. The sort of, that's the standard, you know, that's the standard South American deal. So, uh, so I don't know. You, if you don't know, I don't know. I'm like the woman on the street corner in, in Seinfeld. Yeah. George and, you know, George and Jerry are in L.A. They don't know the city, so they're trying to figure out where they're at. It, it's just they, one of those things where, you know, I've... I've tried to ask and get to the bottom of it, but, you know, when, when Sam is on the record, I don't want to waste a, a, a precious question with, like, Gabriel Deck. But um, anyway, I just, I just saw... You might have to. You might have to. I might have to. Might have to waste a, a <laughs> question for Sam. Maybe, maybe it won't be a waste. It would, it would clear up some confusion. It no would doubt clear about up it. confusion. I, just, I was sitting pretty close to the Thunder bench tonight, and, you know, the reserves go in the game at the very end, and Gabriel Deck is still sitting there, and I'm just like, what is even this experience like for him? Um, Barry, we started with Lincoln Riley. I am going to end with Lincoln Riley because everything must be Lincoln Riley related today. Is So after a couple practices and stuff, I sort of like – joked around with Mark because clearly he he's not a big college football guy when it was OU Texas day he didn't know it was OU Texas didn't know much about Bedlam when I when we were talking to him Saturday like they tend to have practice on Saturdays which is just it just always seems to line up that way and there's you know I turn the TVs on in the media room and everything so it's on um so I think because he knows how college football crazed Oklahoma is, he's lived here long enough, Mark really thought he was going to get a Lincoln-Riley question tonight, and he was prepared for it. Um, and after pregame, he said, he stands up and he says, okay, I owe Matt Tumbleson 10 push-ups. Matt Tumbleson's the Thunder's lead PR guy. And uh, Tumbleson bet that we wouldn't ask about Riley. Dagnall bet that we would ask about Riley, and we, we didn't ask about him. But I thought that was really funny. Yes, it, it, it's even funnier that 
Begnault really has no idea what's going on. How long was he at Florida? Was he at six, eight years at Florida? Uh, I don't think it was yeah. that long. I'm, so three or four years at University was, of Florida? Yeah, he was. I mean, Florida, same kind of place. They're eat up with college football. Gainesville. I know. It is, so it is funny. You'd think at some point, you don't have to be a fan, but at some point you go to sort of realize what's going on. But he did go to UConn. He did go to UConn. And he did, and he grew up in Massachusetts. Yeah. Is that right? Not exactly the hotbeds of college football, the state of New England. Yeah. And, so and, uh, I, I will say in the post game press conference, Jerry Ramsey from the franchise always wanted to stir up trouble. Saw, heard of this bet, and asked via the Zoom, um, I heard you had a bet, and he, it, it was some long winded way to ask about, to ask Mark Dagnall about Lincoln Riley. So Mark Dagnall ended his post game press conference after a loss to the Rockets with a question about <laughs> Lincoln Riley, and Mark said something to the effect of, I'm not oblivious to what's going on in the outside world, but I'm focused on my team. So <laughs> it's just just something unusable, but it's just like what a what a crazy way that we're all just trying to think of ways to like connect the news to each other. Very strange, no doubt about it. Um, you know the two the two coaching positions. He shares, you know, the, the OU football and, and the Thunder at the current time, pretty, pretty uh, disparate, uh, disparate in terms of uh, status. So, you know, no reason for him to get too worked up about, uh, get worked up too much about uh, Lincoln Riley. But uh, did you find out anything about Josh Giddy and what he was doing on the sidelines? You know, we didn't talk to Josh. Josh Giddy wasn't available today, but. Um, yeah, too bad. I'd, I'd be interested in knowing what the heck is going on with uh, with uh, Josh Giddy being on the maybe sidelines. Maybe he just wanted at, to see at, a at, good yeah. football game. I wonder. I wonder if he uh, started questioning the rules early in the game. Not, not exactly, you know, not exactly Australian rules football when, going on. When Mark Dagnall um, compared Josh Giddy to Brett Favre. I need to ask Josh Giddy if he knows who Brett Favre is. What, what do you? What would you guess? No. I would also guess no. I mean, he hadn't played. Brett Favre's been out of football twelve years. Yeah. I mean, you, there's some there's some eighteen year olds you could ask football fans that might not know Brett Favre. Um, so uh, he, but he was interesting on that sideline. Giddy was. Um, he was on the OU sideline. I don't know if he went back and forth. I don't were, know were you on this? Were there. you ever like next to him or have a chance to like? No, say I just anything? saw him. Okay. I just saw. No, I just saw him early. I went down at the end of the game and saw the last four or five plays, and I migrated over to the OSU sideline, um, mainly because at the time I thought OSU was going to win, and I didn't want to, you know. I, so I thought they'd run straight out into the field and not run towards me. So. It was sort of strategic on my part. But I saw him earlier in the game, Giddy over there. He stands out pretty good. You know, Durant was in Stillwater for a couple of Texas games and was on the, on the field on the Texas sideline. Um, but I can't believe Giddy would have any uh, major, major connections to OSU football other than Tom Hutton. You know, the, the OSU punter is, uh, is an Australian. Yeah. So I don't think the Sooners have an Australian. If they do, I don't know about it. But 
Um, he seemed to be having a high time, yeah. so good for him. That's what I always say. Well, and just somewhat related, and this ties to a story we have coming up soon. I, I'm writing about um, Trey Mann and sort of him and Mark Dagnall never overlapped at Florida, but Mark was able to ask some guys on staff about Trey, and and there there's still a little bit of a connection there. And Barry, correct me if I'm wrong, but Florida plays at OU on Wednesday, right? That's right, Wednesday night. Yeah, and that's. The Thunder's got the Rockets back. Yeah, in. so the Thunder has a game. And so Trey Mann, like, you know, he still, like, tweets about Florida basketball and follows it, but he didn't realize that Florida was going to be in town Wednesday. And when I told him this pregame, he got all excited, and he asked, he asked, do we have a game that night? And we had to break the news and tell him that, yes, the Thunder does indeed have a game. But Trey Mann was pretty bummed that he wasn't going to be able to watch uh, his Gators played the Sooners, and I thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And what the funniest thing is, here's an NBA player <laughs> who on Monday night doesn't know that his next game is Wednesday night, which means uh, an old saying I've heard all my life. It's literally true about Trey Mann, which one is game he wakes up in a new oh, world every day. I thought you were going to say <laughs> one game at a time. Well, one day at a time. It's, forget the games. He doesn't. Uh, what am I? What do I have to do tomorrow? So I, 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 tomorrow, somebody can tell me what I got to do on Wednesday. I will tell you, he's not the only Thunder player that does not know the schedule uh, in, in advance. I uh, that I, I just I just don't think they they always know when they're going to play um, until like maybe the day before when they get told to be on a get on the bus to go to the airport. Um, it's it's a fast moving schedule, Barry. Yeah, it's a. Uh... I, I I give him a lot of credit because it's one of the all time grinds. It's it's a much it's the biggest grind in pro sport. Well, I don't know about the hockey, maybe the National Hockey League, but in baseball you go to a city and you stay three days, so you can at least unpack your bag. Football you play once a week, so you know you're just sort of traveling like we do in football season. Mm-hmm. You know, some home games, some road games. The NBA, you got back to backs. You got swapping time zones. You got ten day road trips. You got, you know, five games in seven days. And yeah, just just crazy schedule to where it's hard to keep up. So I actually give give those guys quite a bit of credit because that's a difficult. Yeah, difficult I'm, I'm honestly with Trey Man. Like I, I didn't think of oh I, I'm flying to Houston on Monday morning until you know I, I mean I had booked all my flights obviously and everything but I just sort of. Just sort of go with it and uh, try to make it through the year. But we'll wrap it up there. Barry, thanks for doing this, um, especially when you're pulling double duty, triple duty, however many things you're, uh, you're, you're covering and, and doing a great job. But And thank you all for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast. And hopefully you're not tired about talking about Thunder and Rockets because on Wednesday night, the Thunder <laughs> will play these same Rockets for the fourth and final time. Ode to joy.